why does it surprise us that we live in a world where people intend to deceive, where a lie or a misrepresentation seems to be more prevalent than the truth? This shouldn't surprise us at all. We live in a world that's controlled by the enemy. It's controlled by Satan, and he is the father of lies. When he lies, he's speaking in his native tongue. He only comes to steal and kill and destroy. Let us not be fooled. Let us not be taken in in any way. There is only one way, and that way is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And the only way in Christ, in Jesus Christ, is by faith alone. Hey, good morning and welcome back to our continued look at Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, the book of Philippians, that Paul wrote approximately 60 A.D. He was in prison in Rome and was expecting probably to be put to death when he wrote this beautiful letter to the church at Philippi expounding upon the joy and the peace and the contentment he had in Christ. He, he wasn't joyful or content because of his circumstances. He was joyful and content and completely at peace and at ease because of Christ. So let's, we're going to look, at, we're in chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11, Lord willing. Um, I want to pray, read through those verses, and then talk about them. Heavenly Father, we are your children May your living word that is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, pierce the hardness of our hearts, intersect with our understanding, and may we be changed, may we be transformed into the people you want us to be when we encounter you in your living word. We pray in Christ our Lord. Amen. Finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. 
God bless this reading and perceiving and applying of his holy and precious living word. Amen. Paul is writing a letter to friends, friends that he dearly loves, friends who have helped him quite extensively. And he's just got through telling them in the previous part of the letter that we covered last time how he is sending Timothy and Epaphroditus back to them and how he's looking forward to seeing them if it's the Lord's will for him to be released from prison. And then he moves on to other things, and he says, finally, meaning I want to get to this. He's telling them, my brothers rejoice in the Lord. He's telling them that, that life has circumstances that are difficult. He's certainly experiencing those very personally right now, and he knows that the Philippians are as well. He knows that we are today. Uh, he, he's aware God is doing the writing. Paul is the scrivener, the one that's taking it down. But God is certainly aware, and, and Paul was aware at that time that they were going through challenges. But he's saying, rejoice in the Lord. He said, I'm in prison, going to die for it. That's the underlying theme of what he's writing. But he said, I can, I can write you this, rejoice in the Lord. He's telling himself that, and he says, to write you the same things to, to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you. In other words, you need to know this too. Even though you aren't in prison and you may not be facing death, you certainly are facing struggles in this life. So I, I want to write to you and tell you that you need to rejoice in the Lord. And then he warns them. He warns them. And this is a part of rejoicing. When we're rejoicing in the Lord, then the liars are apparent to us. When we're rejoicing in the things of the world, we can something can sneak up on us. But he says, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, he says, to write these things to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you, because you need to look out for the dogs. Dogs in their society were considered just terrible. They were, they were certainly not the favored pet. They were not man's best friend. They were one of man's worst natural enemies as the Jews saw them. And he's not talking about canines here. He's talking about people who would seek to destroy them. He says, look out for the dogs, the evildoers, those who mutilate the flesh. He's speaking of circumcision here, which was a sign of the covenant between God and his chosen people. But ultimately, God is interested in the circumcision of our heart, that, that our heart is committed to him. And so some people have slipped into the Philippians and have told them, hey, if you do this, then you really will be all right. It's okay that you, you did those things that Paul mentioned, but before you're going to really be right with God, you need to be circumcised. You need to have the foreskin removed from your penis, they're saying to men. And, and what would that be? That would be an act of the law. That would be an act of the flesh. And nothing of the flesh amounts to anything in our relationship with God. And Paul says, for we are the circumcision. That's what he's talking about. We are the, the heart that seeks after God, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. We don't glory in, in what our bodies are. We glory in the Lord Jesus Christ because he is Almighty God. He is 
always has been and always will be, yet he came to earth, took on flesh, and died in my place and in your place. So we put no confidence in the flesh, but we glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says uh, sort of like this. This is my paraphrase. He said, if you don't believe me, let me tell you this. He said, as to the flesh, he said, man, I'm in the Hall of Fame. I've got I've got every award you can think of having. I, I meet all the requirements to, to have something to brag about in the flesh. But he says, that this doesn't amount to anything. He says, in fact, whatever gain I had, whatever looked good about that, he said, I count that as loss. He said, that's rubbish. I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. To gain Christ, if you weigh those two, the, the the all these accomplishments they don't amount to a hill of beans, but but to gain Christ, to have Christ, he said that's everything. He said, indeed, I count everything, everything in this world as a loss, compared to the worth, the glory, the majesty, the power, the blessing of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Christ Jesus, the Messiah who came to save me, is Lord of my life. He's my Savior and my Lord. He goes on, he said, for his sake, for Christ's sake, he said, I've suffered the loss of all these things. On the day that Paul, who was then Saul, came to faith, he was on his way to Damascus. He was high up in the church. He was looked up to by many people. He was going over there to persecute Christians, and God struck him down, and he says, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. He said, I've suffered. And so he laid all that aside instantly. Every Everything, every accomplishment, everything that caused him to be esteemed in any way, he laid those aside, and he said, I counted them as rubbish, nothing. In order that, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him. There is nothing, dear one, nothing, nothing, nothing in all of creation or eternity that equals or even remotely approaches the what Paul is speaking of, to gain Christ. To gain Christ is to lose myself. It's to come to the place where I realize I cannot save myself. I cannot get past these issues I have. I cannot find anything to satisfy the hole in my soul. But if I gain Christ and be found in him and having a righteous knot of my own that comes from the law, but through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, man, it doesn't get any better than that. He's, he said, all that other stuff, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. It's nothing. I count it as rubbish. He said, I don't want my righteousness. My righteousness is, is no righteousness at all. And that, that's absolutely true for me and for you. He said, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He said, that's what I want. And, and that's the righteousness that is ours in Christ Jesus. We who were dead in our trespasses and sins, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We, we become God's children. We become co-heirs with Christ. And when we have the blessing of all the spiritual blessings that are ours in the heavenly places right then, they're ours, they're available to us. 
we, we own them in Christ. We're owned by Christ, and, and as a part of God's family, we have God's blessings. He says that it depends on faith. And then he says that I may know him. Oh, that I may know him, that I may progressively, more intimately, continually become acquainted with him and know him and know him and the power of his resurrection, the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that God uses to save us and raise us from dead in our trespasses and sins to live in Christ. And he goes further. He says, I, I want to share in his sufferings. He said, I love Jesus so much, I want to be identified with him in every way. I want to not just be identified with him in the things that look like they're fun and cool and good. I want to identify with him in all things. I want to identify with him in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death. That is, I want to die to myself. I want to, I want to be buried in Christ and raised with him in newness of life, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The, the baptism represents this. You go down in sin. You come up in life, raised up, glorious. I remember when uh, Brother Danny Cook uh, baptized me in the Jordan River in Israel. And when I came up, I, my hands just shot up in the air uh, because I was raised from the dead. What a, what a beautiful picture that is of what God does in our life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Praise be to God.